there, and welcome to another edition of the 1% Better Podcast with your host, Rob O'Donoghue. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 48 of the 1% Better Podcast. I am delighted to have you along, and uh, this one is with a very special guest, Nevin Maguire, and I will get to the little intro conversation I have with Nevin in a minute. Just a couple of... uh, quick items to check in on in the last week it's been quite hectic i only recorded the episode with nevin on thursday but we released the samantha kelly aka tweeting goddess episode last monday and the power of twitter and the power of retweeting can't be ignored in that the information that we put out in the episode and sharing that on on the twitter uh has certainly had an impact on listenership and numbers and and new listeners so so that was great and thanks to samantha for helping promote it Uh, it was brilliant i think you know a couple of years ago i would have probably had a a negative view of twitter and some social media sites that's certainly changed i think you can control how you use them and you can certainly use them for positive and productive purposes which I certainly try to do and uh, I think it's incumbent on all of us to do that so yeah use it for some good and hopefully uh, you enjoyed the episode with Samantha if not if you haven't listened to it please go back and uh, download it and listen and enjoy it so next week's episode I'm working on that at the moment it's going to be like a two-parter kind of a documentary type style episode or show it's with the Irish amputee football team who played at the uh, European Championships in Turkey in, in October. I um, interviewed one of their players back early on in the podcast journey, David Saunders. We stayed connected. I've always been massively interested in football, so I was very keen to follow the guys on their journey during the Euro. So I recorded some footage before and during and after the competition and i'm uh, currently editing all of that so that's going to come out and uh, probably in a two-parter which i'm really excited about that hopefully will come out sometime around christmas um something to listen to when everybody's off and uh, chilling out as well as all the other episodes i have in the backlog they're they're all there they're all free a uh, great christmas gift to give to somebody in your family that costs nothing wonderful also next week i'm going to release a another blog or an article again about the journey of the podcast given that i'm coming up to the 50th episode or 51 i'm going to take a little break it's going to talk a bit about the imposter syndrome so some more to come on that okay so this week's very very special guest is nevin mcguire he is not only a hugely successful chef and restaurant owner he's a celebrity chef as well he's an author a tv personality and as you'll hear during the conversation he's a very passionate energetic enthusiastic genuine guy i honestly could go on and on from uh, watching and seeing nevin on tv a lot of people get that impression from him and uh, certainly stands up so to be fair with nevin's workload it being christmas he was so good with his time he's promoting a book at the moment nevin's perfect irish christmas and it's uh, certainly a good time to purchase that uh, being christmas but we scheduled 30 minutes uh, we went to about 40 and probably could have went longer we got so much in nevin can talk fast which is great and it was a funny interview lots of good insights but without doubt family food and passion are what uh, nevin is all about so i hope you really enjoy that just finally shout out to paul curran who made the connection with nevin i really appreciate that colonel thank you and just finally, if you enjoy the show, 
which I hope you do, please subscribe to it on iTunes. That will help boost it up the rankings or the charts, which will in turn have other people stumble across the show and, and get to listen to it as well. Leave a, a rating or a review or get in touch. Follow me on Twitter. Give me some feedback. I'd love to hear what uh, you like and didn't like or could do better on as I plan for season two and start getting new guests on the list. So that is pretty much it. I will leave it there. On to the show with the Irish food royalty, Nevin Maguire. Enjoy, folks. Hey, folks. Good day. This is another episode of the 1% Better podcast. I am doing a little bit of an on-location episode. I'm still in Cork, but uh, I'm in the Imperial Hotel, and I'm really delighted to introduce my guest for this episode, Nevin Maguire. Nevin, welcome to the podcast. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you so much for for, uh, making this happen. It's um, been something I've been looking forward to for a while. Me too. And it's coming up to Christmas as well. And I know you have the book out at the moment, Nevin's Perfect Irish Christmas. You've been on a bit of a tour with that, I'd say, of late. Yeah, I mean, just before I I, I met you, I was just in uh, RT uh, Cork with Dahi and Maura doing a pre-record. So they're fantastic people. I love coming down to Cork and I'll tell you why great food place yes people the producers uh, they live in the breed and it's one of the best places in anywhere you could come to for food uh, people are so welcome and cork are very supportive to me and my business right. but it's lovely lovely to be on your show thank you so much oh, thanks so much now you mentioned food so it's probably a good time mm. for me to do this little uh, oh. presentation Jeez, that was quick i know i was going to leave it till the end but sure look impromptu um i was the- trying to think about what to get you so I'm, as you know, I'm from Longford. Yeah. I'm kind of adopted into Cork at okay, this stage. Yeah, and yeah. I was asking a couple of my work colleagues last week for advice. And they said spiced beef. Oh, my God. Now, there's a family-owned shop right beside me where I live, uh, JJ O'Driscoll. So yes. I went in this morning and asked them. So like, I have a very important guest that I'm interviewing today. I want to get some spiced beef. They were very excited that uh-huh. I, they were going to. So it's JJ O'Driscoll's not plugging Thank them. You. I'm going to have to pay for it, so don't worry Thank about you. that. Thank but, you. Um, Thank you. That'll be a Going to bring that home because... Traditional cork... Uh, it is, and you know, it's something that um, there's pockets of the country that do spice beef, but it's a real tradition, hardcore. You go into the English market, and yeah. every butcher has their own kind of twist and yeah. and different taste and different cut. So I'm looking forward to tasting cool. that. Thank and you. He said it was in, in, in a barrel for four weeks. Oh wow! So Even he's more just kind of going for. So you know how Thank to. You. to do that. Uh, Brilliant. Certainly will. Thank um, you. So Christmas time. Uh, my first question is might evoke something around Christmas, but it's what's your earliest memory when when you think about, really back? What jumps into your mind? Two things: family and food. We've never opened our business because we used to live in the business in Black Lion, and um, because I'm from a family of nine, five boys, four girls. So my mum and dad were always in the business, but we closed for about five days every single okay. year. And I remember writing to Santi. And when I got my gifts, my name was spelled wrong, N-E-V-I-N, and I could never oh. understand it because it's N-E-V-E-N. Yeah. But they're great memories. I also remember going to midnight mass when it was at midnight at 12 o'clock. Coming right. back, okay. what did dad do? He got a can of Heinz tomato soup, right. opened it up, and all throughout the year, my mum was a great cook, we had homemade soup. But that was one of the traditions. Prawn cocktail, that kind of thing. My dad loved all that. Simple uh, family food. And, and I suppose when I think of Christmas, I think how generous and kind my mum was. She used to go around with the neighbours for mince pies. Uh, at that stage in Black Line, you know Black Line, Rob, and yeah. it's just um, one, one main street, there's a guard station, and there was a lot of guards during the Troubles. Yes. She used to send them over Christmas dinner, baked Alaskan, and she was very thoughtful. So I learned a lot from my mother, not alone about um, about cooking, but how to treat people and just 
be thoughtful think of other people at Christmas and for me last year I cooked for 37 people Whoa. this year about 24 okay I have a good friend, his wife is ill. She's been ill for the last few years. So he'll rock up to my house about two, half two. I'll have the whole Christmas dinner uh, ready to rock and roll, a takeaway Christmas meal for six of them. So yeah, I I think it's a special time for me. I'm not worried about work. Uh, We're closed. All of our staff take their break. I think that's important. Oh, great. Very good. Cool. So so it is... An earliest memory ties in with Christmas nicely. So that that works. That works great. So doing a bit of research, it says you began cooking, I suppose, quote-unquote, around 12... Was that always what you wanted to be? Yeah, like I, I, when I go back to even going to school, I was the first boy to do home economics, which I loved. Yeah. I went to Fermanagh College and it was my mum mom and dad because they had the restaurant. I was taking an interest. My mum was in the kitchen. My dad was front of house. Like all my family, I'm from a family of nine. Yeah. They all worked in the restaurant, but none of them wanted to continue it on. And in a family business, there's something very special about it. Um, you'll, you'll put a lot of extra work into it. And those years we struggled, I'm not lying to you, it was right. really tough, yeah. really tough with the Troubles. Mm. Our house was bombed twice during the Troubles, well, and I, I can't remember any of that because I was very young. Okay. That was probably 73, the year I was born, or maybe it was a little bit after that, but there were tough times my, my parents lived through. But I always believed we could make it work, so yeah, I mean, like from the age of 12, cooking was for me. Right. I, I just was very focused, I just got the bug, and as simple as that. Do you think it's something you were born with, or is it something you... Learn to learn. I wouldn't say yeah. born with. Um, we're all born with different, I suppose, skills and interests. Like even though my sisters have an interest in cooking, they wouldn't like to be in the kitchen. Okay. Or right. and they were very adamant about that. They'd grown up with it. Mm. They they saw how antisocial it was. Okay. A lot of sacrifices. Like you'd be working weekends. Your your weekends was Monday and Tuesday. I didn't mind that. Yeah, like yeah. I used to play football for our local team, and right. I give all that up just to be focused on being a chef because I was very committed and dedicated. Never did I think when I look back in my career how it's been good to me. It's been yeah. a great journey for me and it's been a journey that I never take for granted. It's um, I love my job and I still love being in my kitchen. People think, yeah. God, you're on TV, you have books, you're never in the kitchen. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they're 85%. Right, right, and that's right. important for me because at the end of the day I cook, I meet my customers. I have a great team. We have 65 people employed in Black Lion. Okay, brilliant. We're proud of that. Yeah, yeah. We're proud of what we do in a small little village, bringing people... Um, giving them hopefully a great experience from food, hospitality. And me and my wife, Amela, we're very proud of that. Brilliant. You mentioned home economics. I have that as a question. It's interesting. I was thinking about this last night. So it's like you doing home economics in secondary school was almost like uh, some affluent Irish speaker doing Irish for their leaving cert. They were like guaranteed to get an A1 in it sort of thing. Was it, were you that... Were you like streets ahead of everybody else? That's a really good question. Maybe a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say streets ahead, but maybe a little bit, uh, I, I was more relaxed at the cooking out the sewing. I was dreadful. I remember making a shirt once. Okay. It was that bad. My mum and dad used it to polish glasses. So <laughs> okay. I made my, 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 I made a promise cooking was, I was going to stick at it. But I think when it goes to home economics, it's the greatest subject in school. And I think going forward for the government and for health and well-being for young children, it should be called life skills. Right. And I think every young child should be able to cook. I think if the government are serious about taking on obesity uh, and, and, and getting people fit and healthier, cooking should be a really subject that they should really focus on. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking about budget food that they can cook for five euro because they're going to college. Mm-hmm. So educating food is about education. And I think that's really important. Yeah. That's a message that's sometimes lost. There's some great schools and home economics is one of the best subjects. I think they're the unsung heroes, to be honest with you. Brilliant. Yeah, it was, it was, I went to St. Mel's in Longford. Yeah. It, it wasn't on our uh, 
curriculum yeah. at the time. Um, I think there was one or two guys that were trying to do it in the convent across the way. But, but when uh, I did it, Robin, sorry to interrupt you, in in, in, um, in, in St. Clair's in Manor Hamilton, I, I got picked on, I got slagged. Yeah, I was the yeah, first yeah. boy and it didn't bother me in the least because I knew, well, I love this. Yeah, yeah. It was nice being with all the girls too, by the way. I, I wanted to clarify that, but exactly. it, was, it, it was for me, that's where I got huge encouragement from the home economics teacher. She helped me go into college and mm. she gave me great advice and I'll never forget that. Yeah, yeah, Life yeah. is all about journey. People who help you along your journey you never take them for granted you never forget them you just say wow i wouldn't have done this without you absolutely and when you moved on then to the enniskillen college of food was this kind of next part of your journey what's you smiled there when you mentioned it what what jumps out memories of that it's interesting because i'll tell you a good story and it's kind of a lesson for people maybe that are that are that are listening that for their for for their children or whatever Mm. like i applied i didn't do my leaving cert i left after my junior cert i applied for killy beggs i remember going into the interview I was mad, made feel that small, and oh. I felt I felt really, felt really. Just I said, oh, they think I don't want to be a chef, and I got the letter saying I wasn't accepted, and I was gutted. I'm not going to lie to you. Right. Then I rang up from Manor College, and the woman, Marion Campbell, she said, "Oh, we'd love to have you." Yeah, it's yeah. fifty minutes up the road. Brilliant. I was there for four years. Then I went back teaching. Even my head chef, who's with me twelve years, one of my students, my second chef, ten years, one of my students. I learned a lot about working with people, teaching people working with young people and I really enjoyed that the teaching I learned a lot mm. teachers work hard but there's a lesson in the story because life is like a roller coaster mm-hmm. it can be ups and downs for people and people think oh you're very successful I've worked damn hard to get where I am and I still work hard and it doesn't come to you in a silver plate I've had knocks I've had setbacks mm-hmm. that's all part of it you yeah. learn from it it makes you a better person yeah it's interesting that the whole work hard right? everybody I've talked to on this podcast that have been successful in lots of ways the the work hard ethic is across the board and you know success comes overnight after 10 years of hard work you know yeah. that's just one thing that jumps and, out and i saw the way my mom and dad worked and struggled mm. and struggled to make a living and pay the bills and i said wow oh i hope we can make this work and i believed we could and you know when i look back now like i i never thought that i'd have over 130 of my own cookery shows 15 cookbooks that's mm-hmm. not what it's about for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's great, and all yeah. the rest, and the PR is fantastic. It, yeah. It's about having a good product, giving people a great experience. My people from Cork will drive for four, four and a half hours to come to my restaurant yeah. and stay, and stay in the local area, which is great for a small community. I'm proud of that. Yeah. I'm really proud of that. I believe in doing one and doing it right. You know, some people, it's like a bit of an addiction. One is never enough. They want maybe four, five, ten, whatever it is, different mm. chefs. I, I'd hate that. That would be my nightmare. To yeah. be honest with you, yeah. I believe doing one and doing it right and giving it one hundred ten percent—that's my honest opinion. Yeah, no, no, that's that's brilliant. When when you finished college and again doing lots of research, really enjoyed doing that. It seemed as if your journey, as you were working through a number of restaurants across mm. Europe, they were all very much Michelin star. What did you learn? And was was that by design? Did you approach go to those because of the rankings that they had? Well, I'll or? tell you the first one. Very good question. First one was in Belfast, Paul Paul Rankin. Uh, he had uh, the first Michelin star in Northern Ireland. I went in there and all the young chefs would go in at half nine, finish at three. And I remember um, I said, no, no, I'm not going to go back to my flat where I was staying with a friend. I said, I'm going to stay until 10, half 10. Right. And I remember him saying to me, um, you know, you're one of the best young chefs we ever had in the kitchen. My jobs there were sawing bones, scrubbing cooker tops, doing basic prep. That's mm. all. I didn't cook anything. Right. But I learned. I saw the workings of a Michelin star kitchen. I saw the pressures. I saw um, a little bit of abuse, which I didn't like either at the same time, because not the way I'm brought up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of shouting, a bit of roaring. That was kind of new to me, mm. because in our kitchen, that never, ever happened. 
So after that, that was great. I worked there. Then I went to work in Berlin. I loved Berlin. Right. You know, we're lucky as a country. People love Irish people. And Berlin, there was 125 chefs in the kitchen, seven oh. different restaurants, huge. Jeez. So I worked in the bakery. I worked in the Golden Goose. I worked in their Michelin star restaurant. And I had to learn before. It was kind of like a training scheme. So there was a couple of butchers. There was some bakers and I was the only chef. Mm. And I found that fascinating. We went for three months and... Uh, it was great. It was in East Berlin, not long after the wall had okay, come down. Okay. So it was quite run down. I went back and recorded a TV show about four, maybe five years ago. Right. And Berlin now is the New York of Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really cool happening. Great co- food, great cooking. And um, they were very good to me. Very, very kind to me. I made a lot of friends there. Mm. And then after that, I went and when I won the Young Chef of the Year when I was 21, many years ago, I, I went to work in Luxembourg and okay. a lady called Leah Leinster, the only woman to win the best cook in the world. Well, she was a huge influence in my life. Right. She was a demon in the kitchen. She would make Gordon Ramsay look like a pussycat. Well, but she was a fantastic person. She used all Irish beef, Irish lamb, came over and stayed in our house and couldn't get over the flavour of the yoghurt, buttercream, milk or dairy produce, which is something we should be so proud of. So she was a great influence in my life. She was a great woman, Leah Leinster. Small um, Michelin star, not, not a small, but small village, not unlike Black Lion, but right. 30 minutes from Luxembourg and a very famous, well-known uh, and a self-taught chef too, okay. which was really impressive. Wow, self-taught. And, and, like, yeah, yeah, and we, we bonded, we clicked. She's still a great friend. I could pick up the phone. You know, she's a special woman. Okay, cool. Out of all the years, as you were learning your trade right and i don't like to reflect on mistakes or failures because i I think they're i think they're important because you learn a lot from was there any standout thing that you said jesus i could have uh, prepared better or something as you were learning that you took a lot from suppose that happens like when you run a business and it's like a live performance every night you're always trying to be consistent to be consistent in what you do Mm. and give the customer my aim was always like Michelin stars is I've never had any interest in that and people yeah. ask me it's about giving people great food all local and Irish you know I know every producer that's, that delivers to the restaurant and I've built up a relationship over the year like we've the best duck in the country Thornhill Duck he's two minutes from my house I can get cheaper but I wouldn't because he's one of the best right. and why would I do that so it's about giving people a great experience. I've always had that vision, keeping mm. it consistent, not being stiff or formal, giving people a really relaxing time. Like we always used to have five rooms, nine rooms. Now we've 19 rooms. Mm. And for people to stay, that's a great experience. So the last meal they have is breakfast. That has to be as good as the, the, as the, the meal they had the night before. And we have a great team. Like I'm here chatting to you. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in the restaurant last night, but I'm still there 85 percent. I'll be in the weekend, which is important to me as busy as I am. It's a real kind of juggling act. But I look back, I suppose, in my career in the restaurant. As I said, one was all I ever wanted to do. I've had offers to go to London, to go to Dublin, to go to Paris. And I always politely Dubai last year yeah. to do a restaurant there. And I said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm very happy. Okay. So it's knowing when you're content, knowing when you have and a big thing for me two years ago, opening the cookery school. That was a dream come true. Okay. Only a small school, 14 people. We had two classes last weekend, two classes the weekend before. I take all the classes, me and my, my team, two other chefs. And that's important. That's what I want to do, to be at home mm-hmm. for my family, for my customers, and them to be in my cookery school. Yeah. No, that's It's it's amazing, the, the, the progress, I suppose, since 2003 is when ah, you officially took yeah. it over. Me, me did, and my wife. Sorry, Rob. I was just going to say, at that point, did you create... A vision of what it was going to look like in two years, five years, or, or was it well, we shorter knew, term? We knew we had to invest um, 
the building next door had come up there were apartments and offices so we knew we needed first a lounge area mm. where people could sit before and after dinner so we did that by the way my wife Imelda she done all the interiors okay. and she's really talented brilliant, brilliant. she's a great businesswoman. Okay. because as chefs we focus on the food and the food is only one part of the jigsaw. We yeah. have 65 people working in Black Lion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to pay them every week. So we have to have a successful business. And it has to be as successful as I'm not there as if I am there. People, of course, love to meet you mm-hmm. because you're on the TV and they yeah, want to meet. Yeah, and yeah. I love meeting people. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much a people's person and you I are. get great energy and great inspiration from people. Mm. People are very good, very kind. They're also very honest. I think that's how you better yourself. If we put a new dish on the menu, I want feedback from the guests. If there's something I don't like, I want to say, why? How can we change this? How can we better this? So you're constantly evolving as a business, mm. as a chef. You cook for your customers. Food that I like to eat, I hope they like to eat. And um, awards and critics, they're very important, but your customers are the biggest critics. Hmm, I think so. What would your management or kind of leadership style be like? You mentioned shouting, roaring in the kitchen is probably not not something you do. I I don't see you giving the hairdryer treatment out. I'd say maybe more of a Arsene Wenger analogy of thought. I've 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 worked I've worked well I've worked um, in a lot of kitchens where. I saw shouting and roaring and, and, and abuse and I said, I'll never speak to people like that because mm. if you degrade someone or you belittle them, you've lost them. Mm-hmm. And who do we think we are as chefs that we can do it? You know, that shouldn't happen. Mm. If you make a mistake, and that I suppose I got a lot of learning from teaching, yeah. from young people in particular. They work hard. We've worked very hard in their hours, by the way. So they all have, um, they work four days and a half day. They have two and a half days off. Okay. Uh, we work, we make sure they have a life. That's, That's so important. Yeah, two yeah. days together and then half a day. So it is good. The conditions are much better in our industry as a general. We've worked very hard because there is a huge shortage of chefs. Right. You don't look after them. Like, I'm not going to keep chefs for 10, 12 years if we don't look after them. Yeah, like, yeah. one woman works in the restaurant for over 40 years. Two of my waitress at the front, six, 18 years actually, they told me last week, and my restaurant manager, 12 years. So if we don't look after our team. So it's about treating team like the family. Mm. Um, giving them giving them uh, encouragement. Giving them, like when I ever do an interview or when I do, when I'm writing, whatever, I always say it's about we and us, not I and me. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, it's Nevin McGuire restaurant. It's the team that make it. It's not a one-man show, and I've always said that. Yeah. And it's not one individual. It's everyone from Imelda doing, doing the beautiful decor. It, it, it's the whole package. People say how warm and friendly the staff are. I'm as proud of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. that's lovely. And that for comes them from to the hear top too. Door, yeah, of course it does. Absolutely. Of course it does. And uh, yeah, you're right. And and I mean, like, it's very important that they get feedback, good and bad. If something goes wrong, we need to talk about it. We need to deal with it. You need to reply to people if you get an email and they're not happy with something and you say, okay, I made a mistake. I hold my hands up. Yeah, We're only yeah, human. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. 99% of people will leave and say, wow, that was worth coming for. And they'll rebook. Repeat customers huge mm-hmm. because we're in a small little village. So that's why I'd have no ambition to open up in Dublin or anything like that because mm. you'd cut off a lot of your customer base. Yeah. And the experience I, maybe around yeah. it would probably not be the same as yeah, you're right. Black well, we're in a so. small little village and I'm learning all the time in, 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 in business. We have Andrea, like, who's been dealing with you to do this podcast. Yeah. She's the McGuardian Angel. She's great. She manages yeah. my diary. Yeah, She's yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. She has so much shall we say, um, interest and support and loyalty to our business, to me and my wife. She's our best friend as well as our employee. And I love her to bits and I couldn't do what I do without her. Mm -hmm. So you have your core key people, like people will always come and go, which is a good, brings new energy, new dynamics in in a kitchen or front of house. I think we have a great balance. We have the mature staff, for the want of a better word. And then we have a great young team. Mm. So there's a great balance. They're great energy. Mm. 
And I suppose, thank God, we know that we're busy. You know, I can tell you now, two mm. weeks ahead, our numbers, which is amazing. Mm. Like every weekend is gone for two years, yeah. but we'll get 50% cancellations. Right. Okay. So that's a real balancing act. You learn from Reconfer- that, Yeah, you do. Yeah. You learn, we get very little no-shows, which yeah, is incredible. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, a problem yeah. within restaurants. Right. Problem in Dublin. Yeah. Problem in the cities. Yeah. People booking, and that's wrong. Yeah, yeah Just yeah. ring up and say cancel and you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't get that, thank God, touch wood. But, um, the business has evolved and the food is evolving all the time. Mm. Um, we cook seasonally. We use a lot of local produce. And yeah, I love it. I'm, mm. I'm, I suppose I'm as proud as I've ever been. And I think yeah, yeah. you've got to look after that and nurture that. And we're all learning, all of us as a team. I'm not an expert in any way, yeah. but I know what I want and what hopefully my customers want. Mm. And we always strive for that 100% perfection. We may never reach it, yeah, yeah, but yeah. We, we strive for it. And that's important. As a chef, how how have you differed, say, in the last five years from where you were then to now? What has changed or your approach to it? Well, not, really not my approach. I've got a lot busier. Like right. recently, in the last two years, my work with Simply Better for Dunn Stores. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed that. Mm. Dunn Stores are fantastic to work for and using a lot of Irish producers. So my role as ambassador for Simply Better is to tell that story, give the, uh, give the uh, customers who are my customers, by the way, too, inspiration, how you can cook that and how you can use their produce and tell the story. Food is all about the journey, who produces it, the hands that make it. So that's my role with Simply Better. I've loved it. Two years and they've been fantastic to me. Mm. They've been respectful of me and my brand. They've been respectful of me as a chef and they would listen to me and we work together Mm. and they're a great, great team. They're a big company, as you know, but they're really wholesome people. I'm very fond of them and I worked with them before 10, maybe 12 years ago when I got married and then, of course, the recession. So now I think the timing is good. Dunn Stores and Simply Better are doing fantastic work with Irish producers. So that's changed and that's brought me around the country a lot. Right. Demonstrations like an ambassador, I'm a charity ambassador for St. James's uh, Lung Cancer, Target Lung Cancer. We lost our mum four years ago and they approached me and I said, I'd love to do it, but I want to check with my family if they're okay with it. Sure. So my family were very happy of and uh, it's something I love doing. So I do okay. recipes, I go in and meet patients, I do cookery demonstrations and that's been a lovely thing for me. Okay. But Simply Better have come on board and been very good. They're, they do a lot of charity work, which people wouldn't realise um, and I admire them for that and I asked them, would they help me with my charity work with uh, with um, with St. James's and they've been brilliant. So, I suppose my role has has evolved mm. within the business. Uh, when I'm at home, I do meetings and I, I kind of cram everything in. Mm. And that can be a real balancing act. But Andrea manages that brilliantly, yeah, time yeah, management. Yeah. Like, I'll leave you today and I'll drive four and a half hours. Yeah. <coughs> Pardon me, I have a bit of a cold, everyone. <laughs> but yeah. I will go back to Cavan. I'll go in and see the customers tonight. Um, tomorrow then I'll be in the restaurant uh, Saturday with Marion Finucan, uh Sunday then uh, in the restaurant so it's a real balance and act like I'm busy I love the media they're very good to me mm-hmm. they're very supportive and I love doing the TV so the way the television has worked is that's three weeks my Italian programme was in March I was away for three weeks right. it's, it's the longest time I've been away all, from my yeah. business and family well, yeah, yeah and that was pre-recorded yeah. just finished a, a programme in October away for three weeks but home every weekend okay. and that was in Ireland Nevin's mm-hmm. uh, Irish Food Trails okay. so I feel really privileged to be on TV yeah, yeah. and my first break was uh, Open House with Marty Whelan and Mary Kennedy right. live TV every Tuesday for Nearly five years. I love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marty, I'm on a show every Friday morning. Brilliant. And he's a great guy. Yeah. Man can't boil water, but I love him the bit. <laughs> uh, he could try and maybe boil the, uh, the, the spiced spice beef, beef yeah. as well. Because that's what you meant yeah. to do. Because when I was talking to the folks this morning about that again, they were saying, oh, Nevin, wow, he comes across brilliant on TV. So everybody loves your persona on TV. And I can see it just, it's pure, authentic and genuine. Um, so that's great. I, like, yeah. I, 
you know, there's no hidden side. It's just I, I love my job. I want people to cook and I want people to trust in what I do. And if I show them that I guide them and I make them, I give them confidence. If people get the basics right, they can put their own little flourishes and touches and recipes are only guidelines. Mm. Like when I think, when I do my cookbooks, I always think, so I've done my restaurant book. So that was my, my, my one of my favorites because it was dedicated to my mom before she died. Mm. And then I've done the family cookbook and now the, um, the baby and toddler and now the Christmas one yeah. so you're always looking for new ideas mm. but recipes that people can make at home sure. that they don't have to go out and shop for 20 ingredients mm. people don't have time for that yeah, yeah, yeah. they cook in batches like when I cook at home for my twins Connor and Lucia which are six in right. February I cook in batches and I freeze it and my mother-in-law yeah. takes it out and that's the way I cook that's the way Monday Tuesdays like. is my days that I cook and I love it yeah yeah brilliant what's your dish would you eat most regularly yourself at home or in the restaurant. I suppose I'm tasting a yeah. lot in the restaurant, so I don't actually eat a full dish. I'd love yeah. to. But um, something I've done this year, and I'm kind of sidetracking from your question. That's no problem. I actually sat in a dinner in the restaurant twice. Okay. I've never done that in my whole life. Do you Apart go, from Christmas Day. Do you go Day. incognito there? To, to, Big, you, I dress you, up as Santa. I'm okay. joking. <laughs> uh, I, um, I went with the TV crew and went with the boot crew. And it was a wee thank you. I bring them in for dinner. And it was really important, and, and chefs within your own business, to sit down and see how hard this the service staff work the mm. way they explain the food now they're a wee bit nervous serving me but I'd make them feel very calm sure. but I was very proud I sat there and said wow I wouldn't change anything Right? you might tweak one or two things but yeah, I said yeah. wow it's a great experience Cool. and it's important in your business to see that we get clouded and we focus on the food the food is only one piece of the jigsaw yeah, yeah, yeah. the service the ambience your customers so I went out and spoke to all the customers and I said listen I'm sitting down you know don't be thinking and, and they said that's great yeah, wow yeah, yeah. so that was really so what do I eat the most I eat very simply at home we eat together as a family which is really important and as busy as I can, even if I'm in the cookery school, like I'm in work at usually half eight, take an hour off, maybe half one, to maybe half two, and then I come up and cook something for the twins. It could be something like a really nice vegetable soup made with chicken thighs, uh, barley and um, root vegetables. I love that. Mm. I love cooking a piece of steak at home. Monday and Tuesdays are my days or maybe Sunday lunch and go in Sunday night. Right. Like I love roast beef on the bone or rib of beef okay. with roast potatoes and the twins. So they're real little foodies yeah, because yeah, they've yeah. always eaten the same food as us. Yeah. Do, do you know? Now it's not restaurant style food, sure, sure. but it's good. Like they love fish, they love beef cheek, right. pork belly, lamb shoulder. I wasn't eating that when I was six. <laughs> yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And squid, like I wasn't eating any of that. So food is about education, and we've moved so far ahead in Ireland when it comes to produce, to comes to cooking. There's some amazing people cooking, mm. some amazing producers, and I'm learning as a chef from the chefs, but from the producers because they're the ones who produce our food. And let's never take that for granted. Mm. People in the food industry, they are passionate mm. they care about what they're doing yeah, we have yeah. some of the best food in the world yeah, so yeah. with my television shows hopefully I can showcase that sure. so when I eat at home it's really simple Okay, I might make a chicken casserole with sweet potatoes right. and I'd make enough for two or three whatever it is yeah. but we sit down and we eat and, and that's and I love my food as you can see Absolutely. too much no no, no anyway. not at all <laughs> if you could eat anywhere in the world right now where would that be? Does it anywhere jump out? Of? And yeah, what would I'll it tell be? you where it'd be. Okay. With my wife and twins. I'd go okay. to San Sebastian okay. for pinches and tapas. We go there maybe twice a year. And they talk about Michelin star restaurants. And I worked there, by the way. I never said that to you. In a three-star restaurant. Lovely okay. people. Arzac. Uh, lovely, lovely, lovely Michelin people. Yeah, yeah well, lovely okay. people. 27 chefs in the kitchen. I was there and they were so good to me. They were so kind. I just loved their, just their nice, kind, good people. 
I can tell you a good story. We were in San Sebastian last year, the four of us. We were in the old town. We were outside, uh, I think, oh yeah, a really good place uh, that does the best cheesecake, baked cheesecake. So we were having that. And then the owner from the Michelin Star restaurant came up. She said, Nevin, you're here. Come up and join us in, in the bar. I know you're here with your family. I said, uh, Elena... My twins are only five. You won't be bringing them. Yes, you bring them. Okay. So we went up to the restaurant for lunch uh, on the Tuesday or Wednesday, I think so. And she done a special little menu for them. Done a menu for me and Imelda. Did not charge me one penny. Wow. Such a kind woman. Mm. So uh, San Sebastian is where I'd love to go because it's a real Good family friend. place. Uh, you can have pinches and tapas and you can go out and spend maybe 20, 25 euro on five plates of food. Two glasses of wine. It's fantastic. Brilliant. And we love it. Yeah. And the twins love it. Cool. And that's what it's all about. I could say to you as a chef, where would I love to go eating in, in a restaurant? Um, there's one of my favourites, Royal Hospital Road in London, Gordon Ramsay. He's a great chef and I just think mm. he's fantastic. Um, the Metro G I know very well. I know him for 20 odd years. That's one of my favourites. It's, it's just a lovely experience. Would I bring the twins there? Maybe not. <laughs> but Imelda me would go there for a nice treat. Okay, Excellent. What's the hardest dish that would spring to mind that you've cooked, or, or is there is there kind of levels of? Well, I'll tell you. Well, in the restaurant, I want people to have a food experience. So I'll take one ingredient. I'll give you two two ideas. So one of them would be um, a shellfish dish done four ways. So um, what we do is sear a scallops, serve it with sauce vierge, do a lovely Dublin Bay prawn, wrap it in katafi pastry, serve that with chili jam and curry mayonnaise. Then we get a ravioli of lobster or crab, and then what we do is cook that with some buttered leeks and a lobster foam. And the last thing. People are nervous about oysters, so what we do is open the oyster, poach it for 20 seconds, serve it with wilted spinach, bacon and a little lemongrass sauce. That's a starter in the restaurant. Right. Main course, I love pork, or, or lamb, but pork, pork I'll talk to you about. Okay. So I love all the lesser used cuts. And lesser used is a more respectful way. Like you went to a great butcher this morning and some people say about cheaper cuts, good meat should not be cheap. Right. It shouldn't be over expensive, but I don't, cheap is not a nice word for food, in my opinion. Lesser used is more respectful. I'll give an example. On our pork dish, we have pork cheek, we have pork belly, smoked and caramelized, we have pork fillet and a pork sausage. Right. So it's done four different ways okay. cream cabbage, textures of carrot, a lovely uh, honey and ginger sauce, and it's a real showcase of mm. great Irish free range pork. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do with my food in the restaurant, I take one ingredient and I do it two or three different variations. Okay. You're not going to come and have steak and chips or turkey and ham and black lion. You're not going to get that. Right. You're going to get a food experience with, with venison or, or pheasant at the minute, whatever's in season. Mm. We want people to be comfortable with the food, not, not saying, this is beautiful, but I haven't a clue what I'm eating. Yeah, so yeah, you'll yeah. know exactly. The flavours hopefully are excellent and intense and rich and, mm. and delicious. And it's food that you say, wow, that's great, but I could never do that at home. Yeah, like yeah. on my TV show it's different right. I cook simple food Too and I let, the, I let the guest chef show what they're doing yeah. that's important so they're showcasing their um, their, 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 their their philosophy on food mm. their, 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 um, their their signature dish do you know what I mean so, so, so that's important so there are a couple of dishes on the menu like that changes mm. very seasonal the menu like we have 14 chefs in the kitchen 10 females 4 males which is very unusual right Mm. And the lads are very happy in there, but they're grateful. That's a good team. You're great team. And thank, thanks to them all. They're, they're hard working and they're a great crew. Brilliant. If it wasn't food, Nevin, what would you be doing, do you think? I couldn't answer that. Mm. Because when you think from a young age, like the first things I used to make from eight or nine was flapjack shortcake. I used to think, oh, I love football and I'm a Man United fan. I'd love oh. to play football. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> Who do you support? Arsenal, Arsenal fan. Arsenal. Oh, that's yeah, when you yeah. mentioned Arsenal Wenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to yeah. shout yeah. in there. Yeah, so. well, I'm glad we bet you 3-1. <laughs> but anyway, I think we were lucky. Thanks yeah. to our goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just don't mention Man City to me. Anyway, oh, okay. um, 
So there was, was there no food thrown around in that one? That was was there was no pizzas thrown around last oh, weekend. It was heartbroken. It was, yeah, it ruined yeah. me whole day. Yeah, it was tough. But and hey. I took lunch. Well, with a better team, I have to say, and we've a long way to go. And I do love football. That's one of the things. Mm. Like outside work, I've been over to see Man United. I've loved them from the age of twelve. Okay. So it's not just because they've been successful. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I lo- Ron Atkinson. I loved all the teams. I right. don't know what because I have three brothers who love Liverpool. Okay. So they're always slagging me off. Yeah, yeah. And in a close family, you have a bit of banter, which is good of fun. Course. But um, yeah, as, 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 as I suppose you need you need something outside work, which I think is very important. Sport, but you you wouldn't you can't imagine yourself ever. Having Sorry, anything else, no. Though. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely, yeah. I never. And when I look at my own family, because they all worked in the business, none of them. They all appreciated. They could see how hard we all worked. The sacrifices I made a lot of sacrifices. Mm. People will never know. Do I regret it? No. Yeah. I was focused. I was driven. I was passionate. I was. I. I if, if cooking is is like a it's like a drug. It's like an addiction. It's something mm. special. It's it's something I love. I love the buzz of service. I love the buzz of meeting people. You're creating dreams for people. They've yeah. months ahead. Mm. And, you know, you meet them and they're excited and they meet you. But as long as they're happy with the food, that's brilliant. Yeah. Do you know, I've cooked, I've met some amazing people. Like, we got we got a letter last year in, in the post, uh, maybe two years ago. Andrea got it. And this lady, she's 37. Her mother wrote the letter. She's motor neuron. And the mother said, um, God, will I, you know, her dream was to come to the restaurant. Unfortunately, she's not fit to, you know, I'd come down and pick up some food. And I said to Andrea, God, Andrea, can we make, can we do something special here? I'll go to her house and I'll cook for her. And I said, I'll just cook for the family. So there was eight of them there. So we went to her house. We cooked in the afternoon. We were very careful of her diet because the lady can't talk. She can only do laser through oh. the through the computer. Mm. So we picked lovely soft pasta, corn-fed chicken. I remember the menu, pasta fruit and orange jelly and then uh, a dessert. So we went around whatever she wanted. But it was one of the most humble experiences I've ever had in my life. Mm. I left that house and I had a lump in my throat and I said, if I ever think I have a bad day, sorry, I, I think of her. Sorry, I'm croaking sure, up because no, no, no. it was a very emotional experience for me. Mm. You see someone that they're they're just, they're full yeah. full of um, energy and thought and their mind is perfect, but they can't yeah, move. Yeah. And it's a very humble experience that, and I suppose that made me realise I'm a lucky person. I have two twins, mm-hmm. my wife, and I have a great business. Just enjoy what you have. Health is the wealth, and that's the key. No matter what, I would say from listening to you, if it wasn't food, it would definitely be in the people industry and in serving people in some way or other, because you get such a obvious passion around the the total customer experience. Food is at the centre, obviously, but it's it's everything around it. Seems. And when you meet young children, like even yesterday, I was in Dunn stores, and some of the parents bought their kids in for a photograph. Like there was a wee guy who was up actually in my restaurant last week doing some work experience. Um, if I can inspire people and our families to cook good food, I've done something right. Mm. I've done something good. If I can inspire them to be a chef, because we have a huge shortage of chefs, yeah. that's even better. But cooking is a gift. It's a gift that we all have to eat every day. Yeah. And if we educate people about good, wholesome food, you know, we all have to dip in and out of processed food. That's okay. I can understand it. But it's cheap. It's full of salt and sugar. Mm. If you cook from scratch best thing you can do for your family yeah. so it's all a balance and act with time and that's why I say make things that you can freeze ahead and keep in the fridge the way I cook mm. yeah I don't cook fresh every day I wish I did for my customers yeah, yeah but yeah. in the in for the for the twins because I'm away quite a bit and even if I'm in the restaurant I'll pop up we have dinner together and that's so important to me mm. that's the core of my life yeah I love asking the question to people around how folk how they kind of meditate or, or kind of have mindfulness I'm not answering your question for you, but I'd imagine you get lost in 
the process of cooking or do do you have other ways of being yeah. kind of in the moment and focused yeah and i love i love i love training i love i've i've a where where i live five minutes from the restaurant and i have a little kind of studio i have my own gym i have okay. a friend who go out and trains me three times brilliant, a week brilliant. my weight would fluctuate a lot up and down because i travel a lot and I, and, and my diet can be poor sometimes oh, yeah. so yeah it is and i injured my achilles tendon this right. year which okay. was really drove me mad so i haven't been able to run we can do other things i have a spin bike i have a cross yeah. trainer so we do what we call um circuit training mm-hmm. box and core that kind of yeah, thing yeah. i need that and i need someone to push me because yeah. you'd plod away and do whatever whatever but because like i would get up now get the twins um get them up at half seven get them ready their breakfast gone to school i'd train for an hour after that Brilliant. an hour and 50 three times a week yeah. if i don't do that i i, I just pile on the weight and, and right, that's right, been right. absolutely honest with you so it's a real balance and act for your mind and it's really important absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah that's important and to switch off i take lots of family time mm. i'm going to be absolutely honest with you like the my holidays revolve around the twins holidays now sure. with school yeah two minutes they live from the school it's a great little school only cool. 70 pupils and uh, yeah they flourish when they go to school so family is so important it's really made me focus on black lion even more because you can be busy running around up and down the road doing demos, doing charity gigs, doing TV, but it all revolves around the family. And that's great. That's your anchor. I think that's the key okay. for me. And um, the little bit of exercise, uh, I like to go walk with a meld or whatever like that, but family time is important. With all this stuff that's going on, sleep, where does that fit in? What sort of patterns of sleep do you have? And do you, do you need your seven or eight hours? Oh, God, to no. Get it? no. If no. I get maybe five and a half, six, I'm happy with that. Okay, right, right. I don't need, I, I wake up in good humour. Nearly every morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah, I'm up at it. Uh, do the breakfast for the oh, something simple like porridge. Don't get me yeah, wrong; yeah. they're not having eggs Benedict. I promise you that, <laughs> or egg in a cup. But I wake up and I kind of sleep well, which is good. Do you know what I started this year? Actually, you've asked me something interesting. I started craniology. Okay. Craniology is um is uh, is is all about your mind. And there's a guy in Sligo, um, Kieran's his name, and um, he he's a great guy. I go into him. I'll go into him next month. So I go in um, maybe once every month. And uh, yeah, he just opens up your blood vessels. So he puts two straps in your shoulders, okay. twists your head, because your body fills up with different toxins. And mm. that's what he reckons is wrong with my Achilles. Because okay. it was good there for about uh, a week and I started running and then it hurt it again. So I must have a lot of buildup of different toxins. Over the years, just, mm-hmm. just wear and tear. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. So craniology is fantastic. Okay. Your mind is like, it's like an electric um, board and your, some of your switches go off. I, I believe there's something in it and maybe not everyone will believe it. Right. But he's a really interesting guy. There's only three of them in Ireland who do it yeah. I think one in Cork one in Dublin and he's one and he trained them all I was asking him when I was with him a few weeks ago so um, yeah it, it works from your liver if you get your inside healthy yeah. then your body's healthy inside I know that makes sense yeah, yeah you're yeah, right yeah. and that's important you know with all the work and, 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 and I suppose my diet I love restaurants I love eating food food is the centre of my life mm. and it's to balance that and he said if you stop eating at 7 o'clock at night that's the key. That's the best advice okay. he can give to a- anyone. Mm. Do your little bit of training. Yeah. You know, do your circuit training, which is good, but get healthy inside. Yeah. So I'm a work in progress. I yeah, might yeah. see you next year and say, wow, you're a new man. Yeah, but I hope so. We uh, all have goals and that would be one of them to get a lot healthier now and fitter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. But it's tough, like when you're under, like, if I travel for a week yeah. at work and I'm flying or whatever, it's yeah. just, it goes out the window. It, it does. Your weekend beforehand and the weekend after is kind of taken away because you're adjusting. Do you know, you said something there. interesting. Routine is so important. Mm. Next year, my aim is not to be on the road as much, do my work with Simply Better, which I love, be in my cookery school and my restaurant and be with my family. That's it. Clear and simple. Brilliant. I'm very focused on that next year. Okay. I'm very conscious of time, so I'll only ask three more questions okay. and there'll be quick ones. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Or is there a piece of advice you give 
be true to yourself, follow your dreams, enjoy what you do, and be good to people. Very good. That, that would yeah, be it. I, I think so. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah. When you think of success, what does that mean to you? Or how would you define success? I suppose you can measure success on different ways. For me, success is about having good health, first of all, uh, and feeling good and just enjoying what you do. And realizing when you have enough as i said to you earlier on i don't i've no no ambition to open up a chain of restaurants that right. would be a nightmare okay. do one and do it right success is enjoying what you do and never taking it for granted yeah getting up in the morning excited to, for yeah. the yeah, yeah just yeah. looking forward to it today i go into my kitchen and said i want to be here the game's up i don't think that's going to come no. anytime no soon, i anyway. please god touch wood. <laughs> if you could bring somebody to dinner and not your wife. Yes. Are your kids? Who would that be? Like a famous person or is Del Boy. Del Boy. I love only fools and horses. Okay, brilliant. Alex Ferguson, Man oh, United. Okay, brilliant. Would it bring so Roy brilliant. Keane? He might be the butler. He might poison us. Oh God. Uh, Mary Kennedy, an absolute lady. Okay. Great cook. Brilliant. Love that woman. Very mm. genuine. Very kind woman. Who else would I bring? Who would I have washing up? No, let me, I want to joke okay. here. I think that'd be. I think that'd be good okay, fun. Cool. I loved Faulty Towers, John Cleese or Manuel. You'd have a bit of fun. You know, I remember years ago I used to watch. I, I have every single Only Fools and Horses it's DVD. Brilliant. Oh, I watch it. At such Christmas great. A lot yeah, as me well. too. Like it's so. Funny. I just love like, it. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. such great. The lines are yeah, just there's no one like Del Boy. Brilliant. Lovely jubbly. <laughs> if you were on death row, yes, and you had the last meal, what would it be? Taste a menu. Taste yeah, I want to die with a full belly. So I want eight courses. Okay. I want a little. I want a nice little chestnut and wild mushroom soup with truffle. I want a, a nice, uh, which I love, a foie gras and chicken liver terrine with pickled vegetables, seared sea scallop with slow cooked pork cheek. I'd love a little palate cleanser. So a, a nice little um, passion fruit granita with ginger beer. Turbot is my favourite fish. Stuff that with braised beef cheek, amazing. I think that pork dish would be amazing that I told you about. Oh my God, I'm going over eight You'd here be now. Doing well. Hold on now, cheese board. I'm not finished. Cheese okay. board. Lovely selection of Irish cheeses. Homemade uh, oat cookies and some date and fig chutney. Pre-dessert, maybe some uh, little uh, rhubarb tiramisu and then a chocolate sensation. Good coffee, chocolates and a die with a smile on my face and a full belly. <laughs> there we way, go. A good way to go and a great way to end it. Nevin, thanks so much for Lovely that. Lovely to meet you. Brilliant Thank to, you, to talk and, and hear your Pleasure. story and the passion and everything around it. So so thanks so much. Gentlemen. We really look forward to it. And have a great out. Christmas. And same to you. Gentlemen. Thanks so much. Lovely. Yeah, thanks for the gift oh, look forward no, to it you're a gentleman thanks a lot okay just before you go so number one the newsletter I'd love if you signed up I have over a thousand sign ups you'll get a note just before an episode is released every week and if you don't like it just unsubscribe it's on the site click on the homepage and you can sign up from there number two the podcast is growing listeners are going up and up and I'd like to continue to do so so would you be interested in supporting what I do? No obligations, but I've set up a Patreon page, which uh, is something a lot of podcasters are doing and other artists, I say loosely, and you can support it by donating for per an episode or, or just in general. That would help me improve marketing, improve everything I guess I'm doing and try and maybe even get to the point where I can get a guest or two on and pay them for their time so that would be great if you think there's some value in listening to the show maybe you'd like to instead of buying that seventh cup of coffee during the week you could donate the two or three euros to the show totally up to yourself if you've got richer by the one percent better podcast maybe you could donate and help it grow 
and how do you do so you just go to the support page on the website click on support you'll see the patreon image click there and it's pretty straightforward after that okay that's that what is your story what are you getting from the show if anything send me a note email me about that i would love to read out your story be it anonymous or whatever if you want your name read out and uh, that'll hopefully help others get something from it as well so that's really the the value the show is bringing you can get in touch through email it's at rob at rob of the green twitter facebook instagram at rob of the green i'm on linkedin under my own rob o'donoghue name persistence is key with this in the last few weeks i have increased numbers and that's just through marketing through pushing things a little bit more i'm going to keep doing that and get it out there more people are hearing it i'm gone over two minutes i know that if you have any ideas for guests that you'd like me to interview i'm all ears get in touch and finally thank you so much for listening and telling people about it and liking it and sharing it it's so nice to get a an email from somebody i don't know and they tell me that they've got something from the show makes it all worthwhile i'm going to keep doing it i'm enjoying it and i'm going to say good luck thank you bye